the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. In an era of chaos, confusion, and craziness, Ferentz is a voice for common sense. As a financial literacy educator, speaker, and entrepreneur, Ferentz cuts through the noise to help us understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Now, here's Ferentz Toth. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz. One of the things I need to bring up right away is the last two shows I have been discussing the net effects that I see in, in terms of what we sh- will anticipate with the Moody's credit rating downgrade, downgrading the uh, U.S. government debt. I have had more responses from the last two shows than probably almost any show I've ever done before. So, one, I really appreciate the feedback. It's been mostly positive, some some good questions, great questions, actually. And I just wanted to kind of wrap it up with a bow, if you will, just a little, couple of quick thoughts from some of the questions that many listeners have reached out to me on. If you listen to last week's show, you know I referred to China, which is has fallen into deflationary cycle. They have high debt. They've got a lot of the same problems that the United States has, uh, fiscally speaking, that is, but even worse. So my point was that's an example to not follow, learn from their mistakes, not follow down the same path with the excess spending, um, government spending, lots of debt. The key point is, and here's why I'm bringing this up. A lot of people believe, and I've been hearing this everywhere just about and everything I read, with the government printing more and more money, that we're just going to continue with high inflation, even potentially hyperinflation, which means it goes into an aggressive inflationary phase, really high aggressive inflation. And certainly that it may be the case. That may be true. I'm not arguing the point that that may not happen because it very likely could. But what I'm pointing out, the point I'm not seeing, is a deflationary cycle. That's where prices of things go down. And the reason behind that, I'm saying that, is using examples like China most recently, Greece from about a decade ago was another excellent example where they were forced into austerity measures. And most people don't realize what that means. And the bottom line is austerity measures just means you have to live within your means. Greece was spending far too much money, much like the United States is and China has been doing and many other countries. When a country prints money, this is something, again, most people are not aware of, When a country prints money, they just can't print it out of thin air, okay? The Federal Reserve, in our case, prints money. They're printing about a trillion dollars more than they're receiving in revenues. In other words, our federal government receives tax revenues each year, and they're spending about a trillion currently, last couple of years at least, a trillion dollars per year excess, so they're printing those dollars, which is, of course, contributing to inflation. I don't think any reasonable person can argue that point. They can't just print it out of thin air. What they have to do is they then sell bonds, treasury bonds, on the bond market. And that's what, in essence, backs the currency. Uh, we used to uh, you know, be on the gold standard back in the 70s and prior. In other words, the dollar was backed by gold. And that's part of the reason, if you look historically, 
why the, the dollar was such a strong currency and far more stable while on the gold standard. Once we got off of that, of course, we've seen far more ups and downs economic swings. I mean, that's just that's just statistical fact. Just look at the cycles. Look at the charts. You can't deny that. Currency, the dollar, is actually backed by debt, by bonds. That's what bonds are. Well, bond buyers, that's are typically huge institutional buyers. They're like sovereign wealth funds and uh, huge uh, countries, actually, of course. Um, pension, huge pension funds. Things like this are your typical bond buyers. Now, when the bond buyers balk, in other words, when they say, hey, wait a minute, you're printing too many dollars. This is, this is the checks and balance. There is a check and balance to that system. It's not just, again, printing money and, you know, and, you know just printing paper out of thin air. Okay, there is a the check, and the check is the bond buyers. When the bond buyers say no more, we're not going to buy your bonds because the val- you're devaluing your currency too much, you're printing too many dollars, and we're not going to buy them unless you start implementing some fiscal responsibility or austerity measures. In other words, start living within your means. Look, this is no secret to anyone who runs a household or a business. You can live beyond your means for a period of time. You can borrow for a period of time. But eventually, if you continue to do that for too long, we all know that's bad. <laughs> you're going to have bad financial uh, situations. Bad, bad things happen, right? And you're going to be forced because your credit's going to get cut off. You're going to max the credit cards, etc., whatever. So at some point, you're going to get cut off from credit. You're not going to be able to buy anymore. And you're going to be forced to live within your means or, in other words, be under austerity measures. Well, again, that happens for countries, too. So Greece, one of the most recent examples, who had to go through austerity measures about a decade ago, the bond buyers decided, you know, they got uncomfortable with the level of debt and spending that Greece was doing as a country and said, we're not going to buy your bonds anymore until you unless you start living within your means and start paying some of this back. Greece was forced into an austerity measures, living within their means. Economically, it was painful for a while, no question. But it did wash the excess out of the system and actually was healthy for the system. And that's the thing. Cycles happen. Recessions happen. Boom times happen. What the cycles do, the extremes in the cycles, both the ups and the downs, wash out the excesses in the system. And it's actually part of, it's a healthy part of the system. Somehow, some way, we have to get these people that are in charge, not just in the United States, but worldwide, these central bankers and politicians who've got it in their head that they can control these these cycles, that they can manage these cycles, and they can manage the risk and minimize the downsides. The reality is, all they do is exacerbate it. Yes, they do delay recessions, for example, for a while, using quantitative easing or easy monetary policies and all kinds of different things. And they may ease that for a decade or so even. But eventually, it comes to roost. The situation happens that the cycle, the economic cycle, reverts back. It goes into recession or it goes into a, a hyper growth area or whatever. It goes into an excess because it's been manipulated or pushed for too long. It's, going, it's like a rubber band. It's going to revert back to the norm and it's going to wash the excess out of the system. The longer the central bankers, the Federal Reserve, etc., all these type of people, these 
quote-unquote managers who think they're smarter than everyone else. And here's a little secret, folks. They're not. They might have degrees educated, but they're not smarter. They can't control this stuff. It's far too complicated for any one person or small group of people to control. That's the reality. Look at history. That's the facts. The reality is they're going to just exacerbate. They're going to delay and then make the whole situation worse. Now, in the meantime, what can we do? Are we going to go into hyperinflation? Are we going to go into deflation? Here's the true answer. No one really knows. I say that because we are, in many ways, from a fiscal standpoint as a country, in uncharted waters. We have not had levels of spending and debt, etc., things like that, for example, ever in the history of our country. What is actually going to happen? No one can really predict what's going to happen. Because understand, economic cycles and people buying or, or not buying and stuff, the consumers, consumer sentiment, you hear that term, it's really all based a lot on the emotions, how people are feeling, how wealth, the wealth effect, sometimes they call it. If people are feeling wealthy and feeling comfortable, they'll spend more. If they're not, they'll spend less. We're seeing that in China. They're, they're, they're really concerned about a lot of economic issues and, and debt and a lot of things going on, so they're pulling back on spending, for example. In other words, it's about emotions, human emotions and feelings, and that's why I try to say it's not about numbers. Recessions, things like that, are not about numbers. They, they, numbers have an impact, but it's really about human emotions. And folks, that is something that no one can predict or control and know how the majority of people are going to feel at any given time about their financial situation, for example. And that's why I say no one really knows how are human beings going to react to this? How are the majority going to react as time goes? We don't know. What can you do? Well, the best solution I can give, and I've been saying this for quite some time, is to be nimble. Be able to react regardless of what happens. If we do go into hyperinflation or deflation or something else for that matter, is your money safe? Are you going to be able to take advantage of opportunities when they occur because here's the thing to understand here's the other thing to understand the other message that i've been trying to help people understand is regardless of what happens economically there will be winners and losers and if you just ride the roller coaster so to speak you just kind of go down the river riding in a raft and let it take you wherever it's going to go economically speaking you're just going to get whatever you get but if you are willing to maybe take a slightly different path than the norm and make sure your money is diversified. Make sure it's safe. Make sure it's guaranteed. Make sure it's liquid. Okay. And what about the ability of getting positive arbitrage? In other words, earning interest on your money while you do invest in something else. Look, opportunities will present themselves. Whether it is hyperinflation we end up with or deflation or again, anything else for that matter. Being nimble, being quick, being able to access the money without penalties, taxes, or whatever, having high and not having the situation where if we have bad news, let's say, let's just use an example. If China invades Taiwan, what do you think is going to happen in the stock market? Most likely, like overnight, immediately almost. It's going to be very bad news. And there's going to be a lot of wealth lost very quickly. I even had one person ask me, well, why is that such a big deal? Well, Taiwan manufactures something like 90% of the high-end chips in the world. These are the chips that run supercomputers. 
our military jets, all kinds of stuff. And so if China takes that over, that's very bad news economically for most of the world. The stock market will react very dramatically in a negative way if that occurs. And most likely you will not have the opportunity or the time to react if you're at the whims, if you will, of that. There are, is another way to go, or at least a portion of your portfolio, to ensure that you've got some downside protection. In other words, the money's guaranteed. So that when we see that drop happen, which could easily happen, you can then take advantage of the opportunity when things start to get better again. That's just one example. Stay tuned in the next segment. I'm going to share some other information I think you're going to find very interesting, so you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc, and I've been sharing some thoughts from a couple of the previous shows in the first segment, really talking about staying nimble and quick regardless of what the economic situation is going to be. And I made a case where looking at China, for example, and, and Greece from a decade ago, we could be heading towards a deflationary cycle instead of, like many people think, hyperinflation. Either may happen. And if you miss what I was talking about, I'm really going to encourage you to go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows, by the way, and you'll get a much deeper uh, understanding of what I was sharing uh, about deflation potentially occurring. And I think you'll see I made a very valid point, some very valid points. And like I said, I've got more responses from these past two shows than almost any other show I've ever done. For, and I've been on the radio for, gosh, four or five years now. So that's pretty impressive. The one last thought I want to finish the thought on, and then I want to get to some other stuff, is this idea that I've been really sharing with folks is Again, regardless of what happens economically, there will be winners and losers. And I'm going to use a personal example. I, I experienced this myself personally. So I I've been in Phoenix for many years. I was a real estate investor in Phoenix starting in the early 2000s. We had a financial agency also started even prior to that. So I owned a financial agency that was focused on guaranteed money, safe monies. At that time, a lot we did a lot of annuities and types things like that, guaranteed lifetime income. So that was our focus then. I also owned a real estate investment company. Now, for a number of years through the 2000s, I'm sorry, yeah, through the 2000s, both were doing quite well. We were continuing, you know, that was that it was it was nice. Of course, 08, 09 happened, the Great Recession. And I was in the eye of the storm, if you will, in terms of real estate. I saw things happening in, in Phoenix market where real estate values had gone up, had gone up so far, so fast at the time that we started divesting of our a number of our properties. Unfortunately, we were still, at that point, we were actually builders. We were buying land, bringing in the utilities, building properties, building houses and selling them. So... I was not able to divest or get out of those properties as quickly as I'd like to. And we got stuck. We had something like 20-something properties. And within a, less than a year, we'd gotten it, gotten it down to 
I think five or six or so. And of course the crash happened and we got stuck on those last ones. And of course, financially it, it was very painful unwinding those and getting out of those properties because we had some properties that lost literally in less than a year, two thirds of their value from appraised value of one number and well over half of a drop in about a year. That's dramatic. That's very impactful in a negative way. At the same time, like I said, I own this financial agency that was focused on safe, guaranteed monies, lifetime guaranteed lifetime income, retirement planning, things like that. Well, in bad economic times, in recessions, a lot of people flock to safety. And obviously, 0809 was one of those periods. And so we had record years in our with our business, with our, our agents, our financial agency, dealing with the safe, guaranteed monies because we had people that were just, you know, frankly scared. They were, you know, and that's what they wanted. They wanted to get, they couldn't, didn't want the market risk and um, weren't mentally prepared for it. You know what I'm saying? Many of you that invest in the market and understand what I'm trying to say. There's a certain mental, you have to have a certain mental attitude to handle risk. And some people are geared for that and others are just not. I mean, that's again, human nature. It's a fact. So we had people reaching out to us who a year prior would have never spoke to us. On one hand, I had one business falling and crashing around me. On the other hand, I had another business that was doing record business, I mean, record levels of business at the same time, simultaneously. Looking back on it, obviously at the time it was quite stressful. All that change can be quite stressful for anyone. But I was also thankful that even though one business was going down the tubes, the other was thriving, flourishing. And of course, balancing all that out, we weathered that storm as a result because of that. That's what I mean by in any economic situation, any cycle, good or bad, you're going to have winners and losers. And what I've been saying repeatedly, right now, because of we're in uncharted waters economically in so many ways with government debt and various things are going on, and politically speaking, it's a, there's so much uncertainty the best thing to do is i know a lot of a lot of big a lot of folks with big money are sitting in cash sitting on the sides waiting now i think there's better options i think your personal bank at least you can earn 5 you know 6% interest insured guaranteed tax free and be up to 90% liquid day 1 why not at least earn some money on your money while you're waiting because you might be waiting for quite some time we have a situation where like in the next couple of years we don't know where we'll be Politically speaking, in terms of what direction will the federal government be going? We don't know what's going to happen with the debt. All those kinds of things. What kind of levels of spending? Because because the debt is so high, and because the level of federal spending is at all-time highs, the impact that the federal spending and debt has is greater than it ever has been. So it really matters what, for example, the political winds, how they're blowing and how the what's going on in terms of spending, in terms of a fiscal standpoint, again, more so than any other time, certainly in my lifetime. I've brought this up many times. I've had a lot of people say, well, why do you talk about the politics so much and the government and you know freedom and all those kinds of things so much? Again, this show started out as a financial show a number of years ago, mostly focused on financial products, solutions, reducing taxes, reducing market risks, you know, increasing your rates of return. You know, getting positive arbitrage, earning interest on your on your money, stuff like that, which a personal bank can do all those things. But what I quickly learned was 
and seeing what's happening again with the political situation, the level of spending, now inflation, current events really have an impact on our money, our ability to make money, grow it, save it, invest it, pass it on to the next generation, all of those things. So really knowing the bigger economic picture and what's going on and how the political winds are blowing is extremely important. Of course, I'm on the side of fiscal responsibility because that is always a good idea. Having less debt, I mean, no reasonable person can argue that point. Having less debt or no debt is always a better scenario than carrying high levels of debt. And if you're carrying high levels of debt and on top of that, that debt turns out to be high interest debt, well, that's even worse. Because then, again, compound interest can really be your best friend. Some call it the eighth wonder of the world. You can grow money, compound, and you can really expand exponentially how much money you have over time. Well, guess what, folks? Compound interest on the negative side or on debt, interest you owe, can create the same damage negatively. And that's the situation we're facing with the federal debt now. The fact is the levels of debt are so high, it has an impact. The interest payments the government has to pay, you know, record highs. And with higher interest rates, higher inflation, all those kinds of things, that just exacerbates the situation, makes it worse, compounds it even faster. Therefore, and the more and more of the money that the government does spend on services, whatever those may be, well, they'll be less and less available because they have to pay interest on the debt. We're going the wrong way, and we're accelerating that. It's like driving down the road, and you're driving the wrong direction, and you're accelerating. And you know you're going the Well, most people, most reasonable people understand you're going the wrong direction. You're going the wrong direction on a one-way road. And instead of slowing down or stopping or turning around and getting off of that road to prevent some an accident from happening, something drastic, dramatic happening, we're accelerating. And that's just completely and totally foolish. The other thing about all this that's frustrating, I find, is we know from the COVID situation how reliant we learned, if you didn't know already, with supply chains, how reliant we are on countries like China, who are not our friends, okay? They're just not our best friends, right? The fact is we're so intertwined with that and there's not alternative supply chains that any bad things or bad news that occurs, say, in China can affect us here. Folks, that's not a good situation to be in, to be reliant on your enemy or your, not maybe not your enemy, but your number one competitor, to be reliant on them for our way of life is extremely, extremely foolish. And again, that's why I bring up energy policy so much. It's really about national security more than anything, in my opinion. Yes, low energy prices definitely contribute to economic growth, wealth, stability, standard of living, all those kinds of things. Low energy costs are one of the biggest keys to having a first a first world economy versus a third world economy. I mean, again, these are statistical facts that no reasonable person can argue with. By pursuing this green energy agenda to the level that we have, in essence, throwing good money after bad, pursuing this and pushing it so much, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. We're just hurting ourselves. We should be focusing on allowing the market to produce quality, low-cost energy sources. I know like natural gas, 
Nuclear are two of those clean energy sources that can be very reliable and very cost effective. Yet we have the political situation where a lot of that is not allowed to happen. And a lot of money is placed in, frankly, in my opinion, foolish areas like wind and solar heavily that are not so reliant and are not so cost effective and, in fact, pollute more than uh, natural gas or, or nuclear would. I mean, that's what's, it's just the political scenario is so ridiculous sometimes. The common sense gets so frustrating. It just makes you wonder why. And I guess that's one of the questions I try to cut the no, through the noise on and try to answer that the best I can. That's been some of my goals. And then if you understand some of the reasons why, then maybe you can make better financial decisions for yourself to weather all this. And again, thrive instead of survive. There will be winners. There will be losers. Regardless of what happens economically going forward, I want to see you have the opportunity, options. Folks, that's the key. Having options and being nimble, being able to take advantage of those opportunities is the key. Stay tuned. I got some great stuff you want. I'm going to share with you. I think you're going to really like it. Stay tuned for more Common Sense from Ferens. For more information, contact Ferens at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferenc Toth. Want more information? Contact Ferenc at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferenc Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferenc. So there's a lot of stuff that's been coming out recently. And the, the thing about it, the common theme that I seem to be running into over and over again is this it's there's every time there seems like there's one thing to cause of concern or you're like oh my gosh that that that's so ridiculous i can't believe it i've got the point i don't say that anymore okay because nothing surprises me anymore then on the other side of the coin there's cause for you know what there's cause for hope for the future because there's somebody pushing back somebody fighting back whatever Here's the reality. I don't know where we're going to end up as a country going forward. Are, is our society going to continue the way it's been for the last couple hundred years? Are we going to be an economically strong country? Are we going to continue to offer great opportunities for many people? Or are we not? I'm really on the fence on it. I My hope was stronger previously. I haven't given up hope. I mean, where else are we going to go, right? As bad as things are, we still have some of the greatest freedoms in this country than anywhere else in the world for, for that matter but we've got to fight for them we've got to stand up for them and if we don't we're going to lose them and every time like i said we see something where we're losing that opportunity then there's some something to cause there's a cause for hope so let me give you a few more that i think you're going to find interesting so biden is now pushing forward with student loan debt removal this is after of course the supreme court knocked down you know called his path uh, student debt relief unconstitutional. Of course, we're supposed to have, the last time I read the Constitution, three co-equal branches of government. In other words, the, the court system is determined, especially the S Supreme Court, determine whether a law is constitutional or not, for example. So when the 
Supreme U.S. Supreme Court says it's unconstitutional. That's kind of the final. That's kind of that's supposed to be the final word. Of course, the Biden administration doesn't want to hear that. They're hell bent on this student loan forgiveness, and as he stated, um, you know they're going to keep pushing. Um, he goes, I announced in the wake of the Supreme Court decision on our student loan student debt relief plan, we will continue to pursue alternative paths to deliver student debt relief as many borrowers as quickly as possible. In other words, they're not listening. Uh, it's it's frustrating. And in fact, they they come up with, I guess, some way under an income-driven repayment plan where they're going to, uh, 800,000 borrowers are going to see their debt canceled after the U.S. Supreme Court determined all this was unconstitutional. You know, it it's that kind of thing that's incredibly frustrating for anyone who believes in accountability, personal responsibility, the rule of law. Like Biden says, we're not backing down. We're going to continue pushing. That is not the job of the executive. That's not the job of the president. The job of the president is supposed to be the executive to administer the laws that are passed by Congress. And the uh, judicial branch, as we all know, is supposed to determine if a law is unconstitutional or not. That's the checks and balances. They don't care about that. I get it. But I still find it extraordinarily frustrating. They lost, but they don't want to listen. And they just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. What's the positive? They keep pushing enough. Enough people are going to say enough. I mean, it's about education and changing hearts and minds. We just need the majority of people realizing, hey, this is a bad idea. This is wrong. We need to move forward, you know. Do some things right. You see what I'm saying? Fiscally responsible. We need to be. We need to spot, stop. The government needs to stop spending so much darn money, right? And if 51% of the people agree with that and vote that way accordingly, and vote representatives that will actually listen, then we can actually make a difference. So here's another one. This is incredible to me. So a number of major companies have participated in what they call McKinsey training. And this, this is the company that uh, Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg used to work for. Um, apparently over 900 organizations have hired this company, do what they call a, it's a connected leaders academy, and it's supposed to accelerate racial equity and diversify talent pipelines. The bottom line is, uh, if you're white, you're banned. You cannot be a part of this. So this consulting giant bans white people in an attempt to accelerate racial equity is their bottom line. In other words, they're teaching racism. They're teaching a racist, it's a racist, whatever, program that's designed to promote, well, more racism, right? Now, I thought we had, well, frankly, affirmative action is a, ra a form of racism, too. We already had that. Now they just accelerate and add on to this. The problem that I see is over 900 organizations have been involved with this over the last two or three years. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We need to get back to, again, instead of pushing some people up and others down, we need to get a, a merit. We've always had a merit-based economy. You just want, if you have somebody who's an executive or whatever in a major company, you want the best quality person. That's true for any job. Getting back to merit and earning something is really what it should be about. And again, it's it's the hearts and minds. Some people are trying to get a shortcut, right? Taking advantage, in my opinion, of this racist program, which it defines as a management accelerator program. 
and get into executive uh, design for senior executives looking to send to C-suite roles, it's nothing more than a high level of, of t- racism. It's, it's cancerous. It's negative. It's horrible. It's just divisive of people. It divides people instead of bringing people together. We also should encourage merit. We should also encourage you know, the best person for the job. Because here's the thing it's going to do, no matter what, no matter what. Even if a person, let's say, let's say a, a minority person gets the job, the question in many people's minds going to be, was it by merit, even if they were a person who deserved it? It actually discriminates against the person who actually did it right. So let's say they're a minority and they move up the ladder, so to speak, and they get the job and they get the executive position or whatever it is, and they truly earned it and they deserve it. The problem is many people are going to look at them and say, well, because of these racist and diversity programs, many people are going to question whether that person really deserves that, even if they do. So it it denigrates even the people who deserve it. And that's, I'm sorry, it's racist. You're, if you're picking out, if you're picking out, if you're treating people differently, here's how, the best way I can put it. To me, the definition of racism is really quite simple. If you treat people differently, strictly by the color of their skin, that is racism. Full period. Stop. Stop doing this crap. And to boycott companies that are doing it, it's getting harder to do because there's so many, I mean, 900 of them the last two or three years. Boycotting all these companies is going to be impossible. The reality is we need to educate and change hearts and minds. And here's an example of one. I, I love this. I don't get into a lot of this kind of stuff, but again, it's affecting large businesses, which is going to affect the economy. We're not going to have the best and brightest uh, in char- running companies and, and being in charge of our economy and going forward. And I find that very sad, very sad. But I love this one. Here's, a, here's something that might help people wake up. So there's a uh, uh, basketball player. He's called Ennis Cantor Freedom is his name. And he's a conservative, one of the few rare conservative NBA basketball players. But apparently the NBA has now actually banned him. But uh, he, he's made a point. And again, sometimes to make a point, using absurdity oftentimes can make a point better than any, than any other way. So he says, you know what? He says, you can call me Anisha. He says he's threatening, threatening to don a wig and join the WNBA. Uh, he says, maybe I should do that and just dominate the WNBA. He happens to be like seven foot, 270 pound NBA, former NBA basketball player. I think it'd be pretty safe to say he would dominate the women's sport. And if he does that, I'm almost hoping he does just to make a point. But, but even bringing that out, that the absurdity of it makes the point of how this this culture that we're dealing with right now and the absurdity, the foolishness, the idiocy, bringing it to bear and getting people to say, this, that's stupid. Again, changing hearts and minds. Here's another one. Here's another cause for hope. And again, getting these companies to stop pursuing these, these woke agendas and focus on what they should be doing is maximizing profits for their uh, stockholders. I mean, that's what a publicly traded company is supposed to do. So there's an investor now that's suing Target over the disastrous Pride campaign after the company loses billions of dollars in uh, in uh, market value. Brilliant. That's exactly what they need to do. The lawsuit accuses Target and its board of directors. 
So in other words, they're going after the people who are in charge, making the decisions. That's the key. Betraying both Target's core customer base of working families and its investors by making false and misleading statements with this ESG and diversity inclusion mandates and this pride campaign stuff. Uh, Target's lost $14 billion in, in market value from the backlash from the June Pride Month displays. That's great. That's great news. And now the board, they're getting sued. That's awesome. That is where the solution, hit them where it hurts. Hit them in the pocketbook. And even Elon Musk stated, he goes, it won't be long before, you know, a month or two ago he even stated, it won't be long before there's class action lawsuits by shareholders against the company and board of directors for destruction of shareholder value. He's right. So if you own shares in Target or these, these companies, yes, you can boycott them, but you can also sue them for loss of value and, in essence, taking their eye off the ball. In other words, not following their fiduciary responsibility. This needs to be much more common, much more common. And if it becomes more common, then maybe next time the board decides to to implement some silly strategy of uh, some racist or diversity strategy that's just not what they should be doing, like Bud Light, for example, maybe they'll think twice about it next time because not only they may not want to lose the money, but they may not want to get sued. And I I can tell you, I was on the board of a bank. You don't want to be sued as a board of director because that's not fun. Bottom line, no two ways about it. So again, this is solutions of things that we can do as common sense Americans to force common sense back to becoming mainstream. I think that's what, again, ultimately that's where the solution is. We either do this or we're going down a path that it ain't pretty, folks. It ain't pretty. Stay tuned in the last segment. I've got a few more things I think you're going to really enjoy. And some, again, a few more causes for hope. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for more common sense from Ferens. For more information, Contact parents at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferentz Toth. Want more information? Contact parents at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. Now back to the show with Ferentz Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. This is Ferentz. And I guess I'm just sharing a few things, causes for frustration, certainly, but also reasons for hope. And I do believe we're in that point in our society as a country. We are in the greatest constitutional crisis this country has ever faced since the Civil War. And I don't say that lightly. I think we truly are in that situation where are we as a country going to continue to follow the Constitution or are we just going to throw these things away? I used an example before, the Biden administration continuing to pursue the student loan debt relief even after the U.S. Supreme Court struck it down as unconstitutional. You know, either we follow the rules of law or we don't. And if we don't, we will actually likely delve into chaos. There'll be a lot of chaos, a lot of chaotic situations. And I don't like where it's going. And it's not going to be pretty. It'll be very chaotic. And again, from a money standpoint, from an economic standpoint, it'll be very unpredictable. 
and uncertain, a lot of uncertainty. And the best thing you can do is make sure the money you do have is safe and make sure it's liquid without penalty so you can take advantage of opportunities. Because we could see some wild swings one way or the other, frankly, uh, in asset values, for example. So again, opportunities could present themselves. But if you're, say, in the market, stock market, let's say, and the market drops significantly, well, and you wrote it down, you can't, You. it's not like you can grab, you can take advantage unless you got some other money set on the side that didn't drop. You see what I'm trying to say? So some diversification, making sure you have some guaranteed monies, making sure it's liquid, like I said, without penalties, without costs, to be able to quickly be nimble and take advantage of opportunities, I believe is a key to surviving economic uncertainty. We sur- We definitely have political uncertainty and I believe that could easily lead to a lot to some economic uncertainty. And I'm sad to say, I I believe it's going to get worse before it gets better. There's just too many things pointing that way. I've shared some some of the reasons and the economic leading economic indicators in previous shows. If you go to yourpersonalbank.com, you can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows. You can see what I'm talking about. So I don't I can't say it's all rosy. I don't believe it is. I think we're in for a rough road, but it doesn't mean you have to ride that roller coaster all the way up or down. You can there's opp- opportunities, potential for opportunities, and again, your personal bank can really help you with that. Again, having the money guaranteed, having it liquid, just that alone can create tremendous opportunities because you have options now. Options are going to be the key, and being nimble is going to be the key to weathering economic uncertainty. So if you want more information, contact me on that. But let me share a few more things that, again, causes for concern and also causes for uh, hope for the future. Because I'm not I'm not saying it's going to long term be all bad, all disastrous. I think what needs to happen is things need to get bad enough for enough people, for the majority of people, that they start to vote accordingly and say enough's enough. I don't know if we're there yet. Sadly, that's the part I don't know. My hope is we are, but if not, it may get it very likely it's going to get worse, and then we could see a swing to get a lot better. We could see a 1970s period then to a 1980s. If you look at the two economies, they're dramatically different. Okay, we went from the Carter years to the Reagan years. I don't care what anybody says. Look at the numbers. Look at the facts. I, if many of us here are old enough to remember that, we could see that again. I'm not guaranteeing it, but we easily, we likely could. But you got to weather the storm, don't you? you got to weather the storm to get through the other side. So anyway, there's a few other things that I think are, again, causes for concern and, and hope. One is this whole thing with the, dead, the Hawaii uh, wildfires. Apparently, it's some of the worst wildfires that the U.S. we've seen in the country in like 100 years. So these deadly wildfires. And now it's, that's crazy. I used to spend a lot of time in Hawaii. Obviously, it's a tropical paradise. It gets a lot of rain. And so immediately when I heard about wildfires, I thought I thought to myself, well, it's probably a volcano because they have a lot of those too. Uh, apparently, it's, this was not. Having severe wildfires at the level they had is highly unusual, particularly in a tropical wet environment. My gosh, it's usually a little common sense, right? Uh, you look at the pictures and a lot of people on the ground say that it looks like a bomb went off. And I agree. They had the, the train accident in Ohio few months ago. Same kind of thing. Gave millions of dollars to Ukraine and ignored East Palestine, Ohio. 
a lot of people attributed that to political reasons because East Palestine apparently is strongly conservative. I don't know, never been, but, and so they were like, well, they don't vote for us anyway, who cares? Well, Hawaii is staunchly a uh, Democrat. So we can't say there's a uh, political reason behind it. I, I don't know, it's fishy. How's that? It smells, it doesn't smell right. It doesn't pass the smell test. And I always say, when there's smoke, there's usually fire. Something's going on, there's, and, may, and maybe eventually it'll come out, but it doesn't look good. We'll put it that way. And the reality is, I don't care whether it was totally natural and nothing, nothing came of it. Why in the world would we allow Americans to suffer and at the same time send $200 million to Ukraine? Look, I know the reasons why, but people need to wake up and realize, why is our country doing that? Why are our leaders so staunchly you know, it's both political parties, a lot of them in both parties. The reality is it benefits them financially. And Ukraine was well known, well documented to be one of, to be the most corrupt country in the, in the world, money laundering, all that kind of stuff. That's just a fact. So, you know, you put the, you put the dots together. Okay. Why, you know, why are they supporting Ukraine so strongly? Obviously benefits their pocketbook, right? I mean, let's, let's just be real. I love this. Federal workers in San Francisco are now urged to work from home due to crime. So the federal workers <laughs> are not supposed to go into, this is funny, uh, the Nancy Pelosi Federal Building. They're supposed to work remotely if they can because there's so much crime in, in, uh, in uh, San Francisco. If this isn't a warning for failed policies and, and seeing what the future of allowing entrenched liberal Democrat politicians to run cities, states, the country even, I don't know what is. This is a warning flag. If it is, look, I, I'm not a fan of federal employees for the most part. I think most of them are unnecessary. But the reality is if they're say, recommending that they don't, even, it's too dangerous to go to work, wake up and smell the coffee, man. There's a problem that needs to be addressed. It's sad that our cities are, are just getting destroyed by crime. It's just sad. I can even share some of the personally stuff where, you know, last summer driving through Denver, I've been in Denver many times. First time I can say, honestly, there was a period there I did not necessarily feel safe. And that's the first time I've been there many times over the years. I've, I have many clients there. I've spoken there many times. I've got a great station there. I mean, a lot of great people there, but I didn't like what the direction I'm seeing the city go. I'd say the same thing about Seattle. Same thing. Got a ton of clients there. Been there many, many times. Love Seattle. Don't like the direction the city's going. And I can say that my my home city of Phoenix. Same thing. We're seeing you're seeing it across the country. Of course, forget places like L.A. My gosh, it's crazy. Okay. When is it going to get bad enough? When's enough going to be enough for enough people? I'm hoping the answer is sooner rather than later. Here's another good cause for hope. And this is a feel-good story, but I, I, I don't normally share this much in this kind of area, but this is just too good. If you haven't heard about Oliver Anthony, you need to look it up. And he's he was a Virginia farmer, a nobody, just a country singer, a bluegrass singer. And he he's become an overnight sensation with a song called Rich Men North of Richmond. It has become a viral overnight sensation. And the reality is yeah, he generated something like over 9 million plays on iTunes in the first five days. And like he said himself, a week prior or so to that, he played in front of 20 people. Nobody knew who he was. It's amazing that you get something, somebody like this who has struck a chord. 
he shared an idea and he's just sharing that the average American, the average person is just getting fed up. Enough's enough. I'm getting tired of this. Like he said, the, the men, rich men north of Richmond trying to control everything. There are so many things that the average common sense person are just sick and tired of being sick and tired. He's a voice. It's, it's, it's sharing it's sharing a it's sharing an idea it's sharing a feeling it's and it's it's that kind of thing that revolutions start with okay and i'm not saying necessarily revolution needs to be you know bloody or anything i mean there's idea revolutions there's you know they called it you know back in the day the reagan revolution right okay when reagan took over and from carter and that kind of stuff it you, it's about changing hearts and minds and striking a chord. It's it's like a remember the Alamo kind of moment for, you know, back in that time frame. These are the kinds of things that cause reasons for hope. Because when you realize you're not the only one that feels this way. In fact, millions of people feel this way. And you're in the majority. The majority of people feel this way. And we just need to step up and take back our society. Do you appreciate opportunity? Do you want to continue to live in a society that gives opportunities for those that are willing to do the work and do what it takes to grab and take advantage of that opportunity? Or do we want to live in a society of dependency? This will make a huge difference economically to all of us about our money. It will make a huge difference on things like inflation, taxes, how much you'll have, be able to sp uh, save, spend, pass on to yours. These things make a difference. And it's important to understand that, be a part of that, share that idea with others. The ultimate solution is education, changing hearts and minds. Again, we don't have to change everybody. We just need the majority. We only need 51%, right? That's the key. As always, stay tuned to the Your Personal Bank show next week. And as long as it's still on our money, in God we trust. Listen Tuesdays at noon and Saturdays at 1 to the Your Personal Bank Show for more information. Contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. That's 866-268-4422. This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guests of this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Some products discussed may have limitations and not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. For current rates, contact Ferentz at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, that's 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.